Welcome to the Mixed Picks Sports Show. Let's bring in Steve Mickelson from MixedPicks.com. Two K's in mix, two K's in picks. MixedPicks.com. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. So for those watching on Rad TV at members.radradio.com, I just conferred with my producers and uh, we confirmed what happened to your facial hair. It has been shaved off. My wife has never been a fan of it. Uh, and... So I'm not a huge fan of it, but just, you know, 35 years of always having to shave every day for work. I just got tired of it and didn't have to. And so I was able to let it grow. And now that we're rolling into non-football season, I've shaved it off because my wife likes it a lot better that way. but, 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 But now, wait a minute. But now that means you have to shave more. Yes, it does, but I'm willing to get do that through the summer if it makes my wife happy. And then I'm willing to bet you come football season again, we'll we'll have the facial hair. Well, obviously the wife wins every time. I was just I looked at you and I went, wait, wait, there's baby face Steve. What's happened? So I was I was I was curious. By the way, I, I have to say also because somebody wrote in last week about your Red Wings uh, uh, sweater that you had. You you. You are outclassing me with the with the apparel. That is a gorgeous. I I, I presume I I only get a little bit of you, but that looks like the Golden Knights. That is gorgeous. The, the inaugural season, also. Oh, so this this was the jersey that they wore their first year in the league. Uh, if it means anything, I can bring out my San Diego State Marshall Falk <laughs> jersey. That's one of my favorite jerseys I have. Uh, but you know. I've always been blessed with being able to work and always be in sports. Uh, very thankful for that. And my wife has never made me change. <laughs> I still dress like a teenager. All my stuff is sports oriented, you know, a bunch of hats. And uh, so I've never really had to dress as a grown up either. So Again, been very blessed in my so, life. So this has nothing to do with the show that we do, but you know who cares? This is this is a really dead time for sports. So I'm going to ask you: Do you own a suit? Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I do because um, actually, that's that's a story. It might be for another time, um, but uh, it had to deal with blackjack and going to the casinos. Okay. Um, you know, and, and and I can fill you in on it. I don't know if I want to fully go into it right now. I just, I just yes. don't, I just don't picture you like, like, like your wife. By the way, is is the most beautiful human being I've met her many times. I love her to death. But I just, I'm, I'm trying to picture you going out to a fancy dinner, and I just don't see you in a suit. Well, well, it's very simple to say. My wife and I do not have sophisticated palates. <laughs> I'm not going to argue that. And we are not tablecloth type of people. We're more comfortable. Look, I'd rather, you know, barbecue up some steaks on the grill or in our smoker um, than go out to fancy dinners because I'll be honest, a steak that's cooked properly, I can't tell if it's a $35, $40 steak or a $100 steak. To me, if it's cooked right, 
that's what matters. And and I just I'm not the sophisticated palate type. And please tell me, medium rare. Uh, I'm actually in the medium part just oh, because it grosses me out. And I know it's not blood type of thing. It's just, it's the juices. It just, it kind of, yeah, I, I'm at the medium. I can go into the medium rare. I just, when I cut into it, I'm not looking for all the juice to flow out. I'll allow medium. That's good. But by the way, this is why my wife loves you, loves, loves you to death. She has this intrinsic ability to love people and she would rather barbecue be down home, not worry about. We enjoy the high flute and stuff occasionally, but give her mac and cheese, give her a barbecued steak, and 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 she does. She so loves you. She asks about you all the time. So, Steve, I got to start with this because this just broke. Why is this news that the college football playoff board has unanimously approved a model that will guarantee the five highest ranked conference champions? Inclusion in the expanded 12. In other words, this is the five to seven thing. What? Why is this news? I thought this was a done deal. No, they were debating between the five and seven and the six and six. The five and seven has been the version that they believed was going to get uh, approved there for quite a while. But keep in mind that Washington State and Oregon State, the Pac-12, were still part of this, even though the conference has, for the most part, dissolved at this point but they still had say in it and they wanted to ensure that they were protected pac 12 was protected versus just going by the wayside so uh, there was some negotiating with the pac 12 on how exactly it was going to play out but this is the scenario they expected i think it's the right one and uh, i'm excited to see it start you know start up this year and see how it does so am i to understand that the pac 12 is two teams yes and they're playing their football <laughs> schedule is with the Mountain West Conference, uh, you know, as far as like conference games. But yes, right now it is two teams. Now, the bright spot for those two teams don't feel that bad for them. Uh, there is some litigation going on because I think Washington, et cetera, is suing them because they want part of that TV money that they had from this past year. But once it pretty much dissolved, the only two teams that had voting rights in the Pac-12 were Oregon State and Washington State, which means technically they could have sat there and said, we're going to play each other in the Pac-12 championship game last year. They didn't do that because obviously you get more money from Washington playing you know, in the college playoffs last year and, and going into that championship game. But all those other schools had technically left the conference just finishing it up so those two teams have the only voting rights they're the two teams that determine everything that goes on with that and also they determine how the conference money is spent which you gotta believe is gonna go just to those two teams so does this lead us to multiple is this where we're heading towards uh more like eight to 12 teams in the playoffs well, we're going to have 12 teams in the playoffs going forward. The top four are going to have a bye, and they're going to take the other eight, and they're going to play. And then out of that, you're going to have, I believe it's six games. Uh, maybe it's eight games, but they're going to play on New Year's Day, and then they're mm -hmm. going to whittle on down from there. But uh, the first round is going to actually not be in bowl games. I really thought they would tie it to bowl games because there's so many bowl games out there. <laughs> But they're going to play at the, the higher-ranked team's home field for those first uh, games that they're going to play in that first round. So so 
ultimately, will it be New Year's Day as the championship, or it'll be the Monday right after the the, it, the first? It'll day. be the no, 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 no. The the championship game will be after that. The the sixth. Um, they're going to play, I believe, it's six games on New Year's Day wow. of the eight, and then they're going to go to four, and then two teams type of thing. I, I don't exactly know, but it pretty much looked like all the New Year's Day games are going to be part of the playoffs. I love that New Year's Day becomes about college again because it's really been lame the last many years, and then the NFL kind of occasionally interlopes on it depending on where they're. It's a Wednesday next year. I was just looking at my phone to, to confirm, so it won't matter in 2025. But it, I love that New Year's Day will matter again the way you're describing it if we're getting six college football playoff games. Yeah, absolutely. And we were fortunate enough to grow up during the time when it meant some. You know, you'd watch like the Cotton Bowl in the morning. You always hit the Rose Bowl in the afternoon. You finished up with the Orange Bowl at night. These games meant something. I remember watching all of them the last several years with where we've gone with the college playoffs, et cetera. They just don't mean as much anymore because, you know, if by chance the Big Ten, and hopefully they do, but, you know, their best team's not playing in the Rose Bowl. They're playing in the college playoffs. The Orange Bowl has lost its luster. So I'm glad to see New Year's Day return to meaning something in this playoff system. So I'm excited about it. I think they should have went to 16 teams, but I'm fine with 12. You know, anything that's better than two or four. Phone number is 888-989-9811. You can email us, rad at radradio.com. All right, it's all-star break time for the NBA, Steve. I look at the NBA and where we're at. I do not believe in the Boston Celtics. I, I was thinking about this over the weekend. The Celtics are... The Dallas Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, they're the team that can't close. They have all the talent in the world, and they never close the deal. They've got the best record in the NBA, and I don't believe in them. Uh, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, the Cavaliers, you said last week you had the Clippers as the best team in the NBA. So where are we at in the NBA right now halfway through the season? Well, if you look at the East, I definitely think the East is a lot weaker than the West. I, I I know you don't believe in the Celtics, but who's really a better team in the East? You got the Cavaliers when they're healthy. This is a really good team, a really fun team to watch. You got the Bucks that are really struggling to adjust to Doc Rivers' style. And, and I think there's more going on with the Bucks than people talk about. We saw yesterday Damian Lillard came out with his top five players <laughs> in the NBA, and he leaves Giannis off the team, and he goes with Bam and Bayou. I, I don't get that, because even if Bam's your best friend and, and you believe in him, you can't leave Giannis off of it. He's your teammate. You got to build that team chemistry. So I think there's more going on with the Bucs. Julius Randle really injury hurt the Knicks. I'm hoping he's healthy come playoff time. And Joel Embiid, you know, the Sixers, I like the trades they've made, but they need Embiid. I mean, this guy was the MVP of the league, averaging 35 points per game. The rest of the teams in the East really aren't anything. So you have the Celtics and you have a bunch of question marks really to deal with health. But you hit the West, and the West is is solid. You know, like I said, I believe the, the Nuggets, Clippers, are the two best teams out of the West right now. The Timberwolves with their size are a lot of fun to watch. The Thunder, a good, exciting young team. Phoenix, obviously, you know, Beal, Booker, and Durant 
a lot of fun when they're on the court together. They got to get that chemistry. Dallas, you, you got Luca, you got Kyrie Irving starting to play together. They, and uh, they've added some size at the trade deadline, which is good. The Kings, I like their starting five. They just got to play a little bit better defense. And I think you got to add a little bench there. The Lakers, the Warriors, I think they're shells of what we expect from those two teams. Yes, they're doing all right. I mean, but think about it. The Warriors have gone eight and two in their last 10 to be one game above 500. If Steph's not, you know, hitting, they're really not going anywhere. And the Lakers, yeah, you know, they have LeBron James, but, you know, they've had LeBron James for the last four years and they really haven't done anything outside of the bubble and their in-season tournament this year. So, so though I just think the West is a lot more fun to watch and a lot more talented. Oh, agreed. Let's go back to the East, though. So my issue with the Celtics is when you ask who's better, I just don't – they can't close, Steve. They've never closed. They haven't closed for half a decade. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with you. And you see them have those big leads into the fourth quarter, and they just find ways to let them slip away and get beat. Uh, but you know, the bucks, their defense has gotten better, but there's a lot of questions and, and it doesn't seem that doc rivers is really building any chemistry with the bucks right now. Really, The Cavaliers again, talented team. They just got to stay healthy. I what's your, what's your deal with the bucks? I, it seems to me like doc rivers needs a little more time, but you, are you hearing something or uh, I, what, what what because i i am such a doc rivers fan i want to believe that he's doing this right yeah you'd like to think so but the team just hasn't really responded they're 3 and 7 in their last 10 games you, you know you you hear various things yes their defense has gotten better what they've gone from like 22nd in the league to 17th in the league or something like that so they're playing better they just, to me, I expected the players to respond to him a lot quicker and buy into it, and I'm just not sold that these players are buying into Doc Rivers' system. Okay, can I sell you on the Miami Heat? I still believe they're the dark horse in the East that could come out of nowhere and surprise all of us. I, yes, I, I get where you're going with it, but I watched it happen last year, and I just don't think lightning can hit twice in a row for this team you know last year they got healthy at the end of the season which was great because they have the talent you know with jimmy butler etc i i just i'm not sold they're as good of a team they were as last year and i just don't think lightning can hit twice for this team and propel them like they did last year so let's jump to the west then this is a big story the the, the warriors clay thompson thing where Steve uh, uh, Kerr decides to bench Clay Thompson and then bring him off the bench, and he has the best game of his life. Like, this is the formula now for the Warriors to continue to prod forward. And you're saying no to the Warriors, no to the Lakers. They have no chance. They're aging. And I'm thinking one of those teams is going to find a way to get into mm, top five. Well, you know, good luck with it. I like the Clay Thompson coming off the bench part of this. I, I really do because one of the things that's changed from back when we would see in, in our day, you would bring like one or two guys in off the bench and they'd rotate it in. It seems now they come in in waves, you know, hey, look, we pull our first stringers, we put in our second stringers. Clay Thompson, when he now hits the court, you know, he's open to shoot. Here it is. Let's get it going. He had been 
really struggling shooting the ball this year compared to what he's done in the past. But now that he's coming in as that second team, and it's not just like the sixth man off the bench, he's coming in with that second team. I, I think he's given that green light. You know, he's not competing with Steph for shots or anything like that. So I like the move. I just think they're aging. And, you know, I would love to give Draymond Green the benefit of the doubt, but I'm just kind of seeing that old Draymond drift back into himself as a player because I believe that's really who he is. And I just don't think he can get out of his own way. I think he's going to cause more issues as the season goes on, and, and they're just getting old. Well, and this whole ego thing, right? It's it, it, Clay admitted he was pissed, basically, for lack of a better term, when he was told by Kerr, yeah, you're you're benched until I bring you off, and it motivated him. And there's this ego thing that 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 exists that seems to have motivated him. And and when I look at the standing, Steve, it's like between the Suns and the Kings, there's only two games difference. Even though there's five teams there, you add in the Lakers, there are three games difference and six teams. Something's got to give there. And I I I think the Kings are going to rally. You seem to be really high on the Mavericks. I'm not. I think the Kings, and I'm not sure about the Warriors. I, I still think they might have life in them. I, I can see the Kings moving up. You know, the Suns, they just need Beal Booker and Durant to be healthy and get a little size in there. If they can stay healthy the remainder of the season, this team's going to put up some wins. Again, I'm not a fan of Luka. He is an unbelievable player. I just think he's selfish. I think it's all about him. And honestly, I'm tired of him whining on the court where he doesn't get a call. And I know that's part of the NBA, but he and Kyrie are finally getting playing time together. They're playing really good. I think they've won six straight games and they've added some size because they didn't have that with the Mavericks. So that's where I, I like the Mavs. Uh, you know, the Pelicans, Zion Williamson, for me, is a big part of this. You know, they got Brandon Ingram, really, really strong player. But Zion's got to stay healthy. He just doesn't seem to stay healthy throughout his career. So that's where the Pelicans sitting in that sixth spot. I'm not convinced that they can stay there. I just, you know, the Warriors, I'm just, I think they're aging. I think they're getting old quickly. I I like, as I said, the Clay Thompson thing. You know, it's kind of like Carmelo Anthony. We watched him be mm. such a major part for so many, so long in his career. It took him in a while to finally accept, look, I love playing basketball. I just want to contribute. And then accepted his role off the bench. And he was a really good player during those times. He didn't have to be the star. And I'm hoping Clay can fall into that and realize, look, I'm getting up there. But, man, I still believe I can contribute and can accept that role off the bench like we saw Carmelo Anthony do, although he struggled with it for, you know, quite a while, as Clay is. But hopefully he can accept that. So I'm going to I'm gonna rubber band back to the East because we have – the Sixers, as far as I'm concerned, without Embiid, they're out of the conversation. But we haven't mentioned the Knicks. And I know the I-95ers are in love with the idea that the Knicks matter again – and I'm trying to figure out if they're for real. Uh, this Knicks team is really good. I'm waiting for them to get, uh, you know, uh, Julius Randle back. Once they get him back, this is a good team. Jalen Brunson has just been outstanding. He's averaging over 27 points per game. You add in that Julius Randle. You know, and Dante DiVincenzo, 
You know, we saw it with the Warriors. He didn't do a whole lot, but he is playing really well with the Knicks. You know, they get Onanabi back. He was averaging over 15 points per game. And I like the pickups. Alec Burks, Bojan Bogdanovich. These are two guys who can shoot from outside because that was one of the problems with the Knicks. They're a big game. They took it inside, but they weren't very good shooting outside. They picked up two shooters from the Pistons here. I like their bench. The Knicks, to me, if healthy, and you got to get healthy before the end of the season because you need time to put the team together and play together and build that chemistry. But if they can get healthy, you know, like a week or two before the playoffs start, uh, and, and I think Randall's out until the start of the playoffs, so I don't think that's fully going to happen. Yeah. But this Knicks team, to me, could do some damage. So back to the Clippers, who again last week, I believe you proclaimed, is the best team in the NBA. When we start up again on Thursday night, they are at Oklahoma City. And where are you in terms of your, what do we call it, your, 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 uh, your confidence poll, if you will? I mean, are the Clippers bound for the finals in your mind right now? I'm not convinced that they are bound for the finals right now. I I still think, you know, Denver's really talented, you know, team, but I think Harden has fit in well. They, they need, you know, Kawhi Leonard was out the other night. They need him playing, but you know, the Harden, the Terrence Mann, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you got Russell Westbrook coming off the bench and Norman Powell who can hit from outside Mason Plumlee, big guy in, I think they have some good depth and, you know, Kawhi is a great player. He just, he doesn't score and he doesn't put up the numbers that we normally associate with great players, but he does everything on this court. He does whatever's needed. And with Paul George, James Harden fits with this team. I never felt that Harden fit fully with the 76ers. So I like Harden much better on this team. He doesn't have to be the scorer. He can distribute the ball, let some other guys score. I think the Clippers are a really good team. And I, and I think the Nuggets are, are right there with them. So you are, correct me if I'm wrong, if we go to the West, you are dismissing the Lakers and the Warriors. They're out. The Kings have a chance. You like the Nuggets. You clearly like the Nuggets a lot. You like the Clippers. You like OKC. You like Minnesota. I'm not sure where you're at on the Pelicans and the Suns, but, I mean, basically, you're out on the Lakers and the Warriors. Do I have that right? I would say I am out on the Lakers and the Warriors. I do not believe either team will be able to advance deep in the playoffs. So in the East, I'm look, the Celtics are going to be there. I just don't think they can close. You seem to like the Cavaliers. You're not sure on the Bucks. The Knicks we just talked about. I think the Sixers are out. The Pacers, the Heat, the Magic. Who are you like, nope, we're gone on the East? I think you can only look at the Celtics, the Cavs. I give a chance with the Bucks. I like the Knicks, and I like the Sixers. I'm sorry. Really? I like what the Knicks, the Sixers did picking up Buddy Heald. If they can if they can get Embiid back, Buddy Heald's averaging like 22 points a game for this team. I like what they have done if they can get healthy. Right. I, I think I like the Sixers better than I like the Bucks if they get healthy. I just don't think the Bucs are ever going to play enough defense to get there. So for me, I put the Bucs fifth. After, you know, I would go the Celtics. I'd probably go the Knicks two, Cavs three, Sixers four, Bucks five. Wow, Knicks two. Okay, that's news. But also, what? Where? What, do you have some news that Embiid's coming back? 
because I have heard anything because that is the key to the Sixers having a chance. It is. He had the shoulder injury. I thought at the time they were saying four to six weeks, which puts him back before the start of the playoffs. I haven't, you know, dug into it and looked for an updated injury report on it to see when exactly he's coming back. But even with him out, I still think this is a pretty good team. So you got you know? you've got the Knicks second behind the Celtics. Yes. I what? like what they have done. I, I really like it. But keep in mind that is Julius Randle coming back healthy, being the player he was before he got hurt as well. Oh no, I love the Knicks. I th- I think that I would absolutely put the Knicks second. I'm not sure that I put the Celtics first, other than I have to because of their their record. But what about the Cavs? I like the Cavs. This is a team. This team goes yes. nine, ten players deep. I I like it. You look at Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland at their guards. You know, I like Jared Allen. I've always felt he was an underrated center for this team and and they have depth on this team. I like the Cavs. They just got to find a way to stay healthy. And when they are healthy, this is a pretty good team. You know, Evan Mobley's averaging 16 points a game, 10 rebounds. So they have that size inside with Jared Allen. You know, you got Carice Levert and Max Struss, you, you know, shooting for this team. They, they have depth. I, I The Cavs are a fun team to watch that is not on anybody's radar. That's the thing is that nobody's watching them, and I always look at teams that nobody is watching or paying attention to or dismissing. Well, there you go. We just told you everything that's going to happen in the NBA in the second half. We'll be back after this. Mix Picks, the Mix Pick Sports Show. Not actually news. Uh, I've had this uh, sitting in my folder for about a week and a half, but uh, your wet dream, Steve. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said two Wednesdays ago that Las Vegas is, quote, definitely on our list of cities under consideration for expansion franchises, which is what you want, right? You don't want a team to move in a la the Seattle Supersonics. You want it to be more like the Golden Knights. Absolutely. So you get full buy-in and there is no bias with it. You know, part of the problem for me with the Raiders is, you know, you have the people who, you know, were not Raider fans. So you have these biases against teams because of what the history is with that franchise, bringing a new franchise like the Golden Knights. There is none. You can back them. I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan. I'm not going to say I'm not. That is my top team, but because Vegas has never, the Golden Knights, you know, they're an expansion team. They're 1B for me. I root for Vegas, and I watch more Golden Knight games just because they're better than the Red Wings games right now. (laughs) But they are 1B for me, and that's where I want to see an NBA team. I don't want to see, you know, being a Pistons fan. The last thing I want to do is the Chicago Bulls, you know, not saying they are, but, you know, like the Bulls, you know, moving to Las Vegas. I still have that hatred of the Bulls. And it'll be hard for me to get past that, which is why I want to root for the Raiders, but I still have that history of the Raiders, which gets in the way. So I fully can't even, you know, I can't make the Raiders one B the Raiders are like 15 F right now, you know, middle of the pack because of their history and the various things, you know, that I've thought about them over the years. So I want a clean start for whatever team comes you know, for to be that NBA team that comes to Vegas. Well, plus you and I have this sports guy thing of, can we just have 32 teams in every league for the love of God? Put one in no Vegas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care where you put the other one. I, I, I just just put – Vegas has to have a team. That's obvious. Vegas, Vegas is the mecca at this point. 
you got to put a team in Vegas, wherever the hell else you put one. I don't care. Let's just get the 32 teams in there. Absolutely. And and an update on Joel Embiid. He's supposed to be back early April is what they're showing as his time frame for returning. I don't know if they can hold on that long, Steve. I'm not ah, sure. Just, just get healthy. That's mm, all they got to do. He's get gotta, healthy and we'll be okay. He's got to ramp up a little bit. I'm he does. Sure. And a big man, it's going to take a little bit more time. But hopefully, you know, he's doing what he needs to be doing in the anti-gravity pool and all of that other stuff to keep himself in shape. Uh, meanwhile, we're getting ready for Major League Baseball as well. Now, I, I'm a little confused by this story because so we – we heard about Shohei Otani in some form of batting practice last week. He was impressing everybody, but now it's a story that he hit his first towering home run in his first batting practice against live pitching. But I thought he had live pitching against the 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 pitching coach last week. I'm a little confused. I don't know. Everything Otani is news, but he was facing Dodgers reliever JP Sure. Fireson, I don't know, uh, yesterday, and he unloaded on a fastball and sent it over the right center field fence. Okay, so why is this different than last week? Otani's an amazing hitter. Is that the story? I think I'm surprised by that. To me, this is a non-story. So are we going to hear when Bryce Harper hits his first home run <laughs> off a live pitch? And I'm willing to bet you that somehow during his first VP session of spring training, he probably hit a home run too, but it's just the gravitating to Otani. He's now a Dodger. And if you thought you saw a lot of press on him before with the angels, just wait to see what he gets now with the Dodgers because they are one of the media darlings. But to me, this is a non-story. Uh, yeah. So we hit a home run in batting practice. Okay. I expect all of my power hitters on my team to hit a home run in batting practice. Right. Okay. So he's coming off an injury. I get it, but. If he's healthy, then he should be hitting home run. I, I don't I, – I think it is what you're describing. It's the L.A. Hollywood media central nuttiness of, okay, Otani hit a home run in batting practice. I don't know how other than the fact that we're in this void of sports stories. This, this is – for us sports fans, this is one of the hardest months where, <laughs> where everything is such a lull and we make stories out of nothing – and that's what this is. Show me Otani on opening day hitting two or three home runs, and then it's a story. So have you seen these jerseys? We talked about them last week because it, it, it's this this story will not stop. These Nike jerseys that are being called cheap-looking new duds by endless media outlets. Have you seen these things? Uh, I have seen pictures of them. The one that, that floors me on top of everything else to this point, uh, I saw a story yesterday with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And you know how you always have the team script across the chest? Right. Well, they broke up the D in Dodgers. They always put the button line in between letters. So when you put it together, it looks solid. The Dodgers D has the cut through the left side of that D and it is not going to look right the entire year. I don't care who's wearing that Jersey. The fact that they split a letter to go down the button line, 
is amazing to me how any manufacturer could look at that and say, you know what? I'm good with that. Let's put the curve of the D on one part of the shirt and we'll have it connect into the other part of the shirt and actually think it looks good. This whole thing to me is a disaster, but it doesn't surprise me. I just pulled it up. This is despicable. This is awful. This looks I pulled up the Dodgers jersey. This looks ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, it's never we figured it out for 120 years not to do this. And now suddenly somebody says, oh, well, I think we can do it. And it'll look great. Uh, We just got this email, rad at radradio.com. Forgive me. I'm reading this on the fly. It's from Justin says, I'm not a deep sports guy, but holy hell, do I love listening to you guys talk sports? Well, thank you. I'm a bleed blue Colts fan. I love watching football. But now that the season is over and I hear you guys talking about basketball, you might be turning me into more of a sports guy than I have been as I've been putting Pacers games on in the background and trying to figure out which NHL team I should root for since Indy doesn't have one. Okay. I love the sports show. I love everything that you guys do. I'm just blah, 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 blah. He just rambles. Well, that's great. Okay. So if you're so, – okay. So, Steve, you're, you're, you're a Colts fan. You're an Indy guy. Who's your hockey team? That's an interesting question. Uh, that's where it gets tough. I mean, you can look at like the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're just not a very good team, so you can't get excited. I'm glad he's looking at the Pacers because m- my belief has always been, look, if we're not going to be one of the best teams, at least be fun to watch. This team runs. They shoot. It's high up-tempo team. Don't play a lot of defense, but the Pacers with Halliburton, Turner, etc. This is a fun team to watch. So it's a good introduction into the NBA to watch some exciting games. But for the hockey part, you know, for me, I think you need to sit back and and kind of look at what exactly you know you're looking at at hockey. If you're new to hockey, I would want to be looking much more as a scoring team uh, because the defense, you know, may not be as much fun to watch. But, you know, Pittsburgh Penguins are there. They're always a great franchise, even though they are struggling, you know, this year from what they've done in the past. Like I said, you got the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're just not fun to watch. (laughs) Uh, You know, just realistically, just not a good franchise. Um, But if you're looking for teams to start off with, uh, you know, one, I'm huge to the Vegas Golden Knights. I I think they're a fantastic team to watch. Uh, they have the scoring ability. They play really strong defense. They believe in the penalty kill, so they really can shut that down. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, if you're looking for that high-flying team, the the Toronto Maple Leafs that can score, questionable about some defense. There's a couple of teams there. Um, Colorado Avalanche, just a really good, solid team. So it, it just depends. I would say test it out, watch some games, figure out what you want to root for in a team. Do you want more offense, more defense, balance, and then figure it out from there. You know, Steve, we talk a lot about the NFL and about the parity that they're trying to create. And when you look at the NHL, we've got, what, more than a half dozen teams with mid-30 wins. I mean, there's a lot of if you just look at it on paper, teams that are in the low 30 to mid 30 wins. And I'm trying to figure out who's the best team. You got the Bruins, you got the Panthers, you got, you got the Rangers, you got the Hurricanes. You mean you go down the list, you got the Stars, you got the Avalanche, you got the Jets, you got, you got the Golden Knights, you got the Canucks. Who's the standout in the NHL right now? 
Well, there's a lot of good teams. I think you got to be looking at Florida as possibly the best team out of the East at the moment. They started a little slow. They've really played well. Boston came out of the gates as just a great team at the beginning of the season. They've cooled down a bit. Toronto's a lot of fun to watch. They can score. Tampa Bay is not quite the team we've seen in the past. The Rangers, I like this team. I think the Rangers and Hurricanes are balanced teams. You know, not explosive teams, but really good balanced teams. They're both fun to watch out of the East. The West, to me, has been the Stars, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, you know, the Oilers that are... Vancouver Canucks are the team that's a surprise. This team's got 80 points. I believe they have the most points in the NHL, you know, and and it's kind of a surprise because they've come out of anywhere because the beginning of the season, I thought it was the Golden Knights, the Stars, and the Avalanche. And then there was the Oilers because they can score, but they got to get a lot better defensively and a lot better goaltending. But Vancouver's come out of nowhere and they are right now the best team in the NHL. I just don't think they'll be there in the end. So for me, the the teams I look for are the West are the Stars, Avalanche, Knights, and then I put right below them the Canucks and the Oilers. So I'm going to jump way over to the other side. So Gino Oriema uh, passed uh, Coach K for uh, all-time wins, and people will drag him because he coaches women's basketball. Is that fair? I, I, I like I Gino a lot. The criticism just because you know it is women's basketball and people don't, you know, necessarily give it the credit. It doesn't matter what level you're coaching. You got to find ways to win. You got to find ways for the players to buy into the system. You got to be able to recruit. I'll be honest with you. I went to more San Diego State women's basketball games when I was in college than San Diego State men's basketball. I loved watching the women's college basketball game. I, I give Gino a lot of credit. It's not quite the same as as the men's level because it's more competitive with more good teams and more good programs just because it's so much bigger. You look at college basketball, you know, you got your South Carolinas, you got your Baylors, the Stanfords are usually up there, the Yukons. You know, you're not going 25 deep programs like you can in in men's college basketball. So we're a month-ish from uh, March Madness. Where are we with the uh with men's basketball like it's like duke and north carolina they're not so much duke and north carolina anymore who who is for you the standouts well uconn is really good i really like this houston team purdue's got the big guy in the middle Edie. uh you know but the thing i like about it is i think it's wide open and there's good and bad with that the, the wide open means like last year you can get you know uconn can come from you know, not one of the top 10 teams and go on and win the college men's basketball tournament. The problem I have with it is you can also, when you don't have dominating teams like you have in the past years of the North Carolinas, the Dukes, that you can end up with the San Diego state in the finals. And, and me as an Aztec, I absolutely loved it. But from a fan's perspective, I mean, did the country really want to see the Aztecs playing in the finals? <laughs> Probably not. You love the Cinderella stories in March, the opening weekend. You know, those first few games, you love to see the big upsets. But once you get to the, you know, to the sweet 16, you really want the best teams moving forward because those are the games that are going to have the most interest. You don't want the, you know, Florida Atlantic 
great story. But again, do you really want to see Loyola, Chicago, Florida Atlantic, San Diego State? These are the teams into the, you know, the elite eight or the final four. No, you don't. You want the best teams advancing into those rounds. So where it's fun at the beginning, at the end of the day, you still want the top teams playing in the final four in the championship game. We'll take a break and be right back after this. Mix Picks, the Mix Picks Sports Show. Let's go! We got this email uh, from uh, Cody. It says, hey, are you guys going to get into the UFL? I feel like a total chick. I don't know crap about any of the teams, so I chose my favorite-looking logo. So let's go Battlehawks. That would be the St. Louis UFL team. But, Steve, what do you think about these alternate football leagues we got the ufl we got what's the other one the xfl i I can't get into them i want to i don't want to be that old guy on the porch but i just i i can't yet i'm looking forward to it i always like to just see what it is because you know being a baseball fan i like going to triple a baseball and just kind of seeing the players who look good matt corral quarterback he's going to be in the league aj mccarron i believe is going to be in the league too Uh, So you're going to have some names that you see. Hopefully it's good football. And what I'd love to see is see some of these guys, you know, have a good season and possibly be able to, you know, get a roster spot possibly on an NFL team. And, hey, look, I remember watching that player play in, in the UFL. You know, we saw the top defensive lineman out of the CFL sign with the lions like a week, week and a half ago. Do I think he's going to be an impact player in the NFL? No. Do I think any of these UFL players will be impact players in the NFL? No, but it'd be nice to see him, you know, make the 53 man roster contribute. You know, the, the, the guy with the lions be part of that line, you know, rotation, get a little bit playing time. That would be nice to see. And, you know, I just – we all could like a little more football. So so my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, the XFL and the UFL, they're the same thing now, right? They've merged. They've merged, okay. yes, before the UFL. And they start a month from now, like the end of March. They start. I believe March 31st, I okay. think it is. Now, the CFL, that's the Canadian Football League. I've had this story for a week. I wanted to ask you about it. I think it's uh, Matthew Betts or Matayo. I don't know how he pronounces his name. CFL's most outstanding defensive player. You're saying your Detroit Lions signed him. You're saying he won't be an impact player, but he was the defensive player in the of the year in the CFL. Is is the CFL that extraordinarily not as good? Uh, it's not as good. If you're going to play, you want to play in the NFL. You don't want to be you know, playing in the CFL. And, and an example, Doug Flutie mm-hmm. dominated the CFL, came and... Yes, he had a good NFL career. He was fun to watch. I loved watching him play. He had a great college career at Boston College. You know, one of the biggest upset passes we've ever seen when he upset the Miami Hurricanes. You know, we still see highlights of that. But to think a a player from the CFL is going to come down here and, you know, make the all-pro team, the all, I I just don't see it happening. I'm hoping that he can be part of the rotation, make the roster, but to believe he's going to be an impact player, I just don't think that's realistic expectations. So the so the XFL, UFL, whatever they're calling it this time, it's, it's the minor league of the NFL, and you're hoping that a few people will come out of it? 
Absolutely. That's why they're playing in the spring is to showcase some of these players. Let, you know, team scouts or whoever see them, watch them, you know, and hopefully then, hey, look, this guy can help our team. Let's go take a look. Because I think there's a lot of players on rosters that don't get that opportunity. And I'd love to see them start getting that opportunity to go play in the U UFL. We watched Kurt Warner was a quarterback for the Iowa Barnstormers in the Arena Football League, which, yes, I used to watch the Arena Football League as well, become a shot. And he became an NFL Hall of Famer. So I'm not saying they can't be. It's just the likelihood is very small. You know, there's not that many Kurt Warners out there that are going to be able to go from Arena Football to the NFL Hall of Fame. See, it's so hard for me to try to get into this XFL. Like, watching college football, I go, wow, okay, I can see potential. I can see the the possibility knowing that there are light years between college football and the NFL because the NFL is so much faster. But for some reason, the, these versions of XFL, UFL, all this stuff, I I can't take it seriously. Okay, but every one of these players was very good on their college team when you look at it because if they weren't one of the top players with their college teams, they wouldn't be playing in the UFL. They're not going out and they're finding, you know, guys that yeah, they were backups on their, you know, even their Colorado Buffaloes team or anything like these are players that were very good college players that just haven't received the opportunity to play in the NFL, either due to their size or their speed or, or, you know, yeah, their talent is marginal, there's more to it. There are players that make plays happen on the field. It's not just about what they do at the combine. And that's the reason I like it is players that might get overlooked because they didn't wow the scouts at the combine. So they didn't get drafted, you know, that maybe they went to Iowa state and just didn't get the respect that maybe they could have deserved. It gives them an opportunity to showcase what they can do in a competitive fight because they can't keep playing college football. So allow them to continue if they have the talent and they're good enough to play in this league. And maybe they can make it. Maybe they can't. But, you know, again, I love watching football, so I'm all for it. Just to confirm, it is Saturday, March 30th and Sunday, March 31st, where you will get the uh, one, two, three, four uh, different XFL or UFL games. I don't know what they're calling it. So, okay, as we continue our look towards the 2024 NFL season occasionally, we're going to be previewing MLB and, and, and the NFL as we go through the NBA and NHL stations. The, the, the thing that I found really remarkable, Steve, one of the teams you and I both fell in love with this season was the Houston Texans. And I was shocked to find out that they have a league-high 30 free agents that they have to deal with. They do have 62-ish million dollars in projected cap space. That's the fourth most. They have a ton of guys that they have to re-sign. And I was looking at the Texans like this is a team that is up and coming. They are fast-tracked. They're going to be they, – they got to the playoffs this season. They're going to get to the, the, the conference championships next year. And now I'm looking at it like 30 free agents. Holy crap. Yeah, but they have the cap money, and it's really about signing the players. You know, not all 30 are impact players. They want to make sure they keep the nucleus of the team together and then build from there, 
you know, out of those 30 players, you know, I expect them probably to sign six, seven, maybe eight of them, but they're going to go out into that free agency and they have the draft and they're going to pick up some other guys. I, I don't, I don't view it anywhere near as bad as you're looking at it going, Oh no, their whole roster is going to go away and it's all, you know, they got to start rebuilding again. I don't view that at all. They're going to keep their best players. They're going to let the marginal players walk and as any good boss, you know, anytime you're going to replace someone, you want to replace someone who is better than what you had before. And that's how you build that winning team and that strong team. And I think the Texans will continue that because now they can actually draw into the free agency because you got to believe players now look at Texas, take them seriously. Hey, you know what? They're building a program here. They're a good team. I don't, I would like to go there. Where prior, who's really going to go there unless they're just way overpaying that player? Okay, boss. They have defensive end Jonathan Grenard, who had 12 and a half sacks. That was tied for 10th. They have linebacker Blake Cashman, who led the team in tackles with 109. They have tight end Dalton Schultz and cornerback Steve Nelson and defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins, all of whom are free agents. How are they going to keep all of them? Because they do need to keep all of them. They keep 60, $68 million, believe me. They can find ways to work that cap. You know, Dalton Schultz, and I believe their backup tight end is also a free agent. You know, he was a big pickup from the Cowboys, but, you know, there might be some other tight ends that are out there that they can go take a look at. So I don't view him as a high priority. Yes, their defensive lineman, their linebacker, their secondary guy. Yes, you need to make sure that you keep them but they have the cap space. It's not like they're the yeah. saints or a team like that. that are <laughs> 20 million over the cap. And not only can we not keep our players, but we have to release a few good players because we have to cut that money out of our, our payroll. I think the Texans are in a good spot. I love what D'Amico Ryans has done. I think he will just continue. And you got to believe these players look, D'Amico gave them this chance they became successful. I, I would want to have a little loyalty to them. Look, I I like what you're doing. I like how I fit in this team. Let's continue here. I'll sign a two, three, four-year contract. You know I love doing this show with you, right, Steve? Well, thank you. I, I love doing the show with you as well. All right, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow, man. Thank you. Sports Show.